This week, we continue our sermon series on Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus explores what it looks like to follow him and to live in God's kingdom. We quickly learn that the kingdom that Jesus describes is the opposite of this world. There are no privileged members, the poor, the wealthy, the nobodies, the religious. Everyone is invited. Everyone is invited to turn and to repent and to follow Jesus into this upside down kingdom, this new way of doing things. And so we li- as we live into this holy disturbance that is this time in history, we again have an opportunity to change the way that we do things and to follow Jesus into this new way of doing things in God's kingdom and to turn our world right side up. As we look to Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, we discover practical ways to do that how we can change our actions and our thoughts to reflect God's kingdom here and now. At the beginning of his sermon, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I haven't come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Because the crowds listening to Jesus, they were very well versed in the Old Testament law and in the teachings of the prophets and and how these holy scriptures directed them to live their daily lives. So Jesus uses several contrasting statements where he says, you have heard it this way, but I say this way. Not to criticize the Old Testament and to say that it's wrong, but to challenge the way that many of the Jewish people were understanding those laws and living them out. Because like many of us, they had come to understand things the way they wanted to understand things, not necessarily the way that God had attended them originally. We see one of these contrasting statements in today's scripture. Hear these words of Jesus from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 43 and 48. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For God makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of this word. In the Old Testament book of Leviticus, there is this command to love your neighbor. And in its context, it makes it clear there that when it says neighbor, it means and it includes only the fellow Israelites. It means your kin or your people. The Old Testament doesn't include the command to hate your enemy like this scripture infers, but there are statements 
that God hates evildoers and statements suggesting that others should do the same. This is because like most societies, Judaism was ordered by boundaries with specific rules regarding how Jews should treat other people, the people around them, whether they were Gentiles or Samaritans or whether it was how the priests should relate to the Israelites or how men should treat women and so on. The boundaries allowed for certain groups to establish their positions and their their powers and their privilege like today. So maintaining those boundaries was vital to social order. And it was even seen as a religious duty to keep the boundaries, to keep out those who didn't keep God's law for the sake of the community. Now there was a purpose for these laws in the Old Testament, but I have a feeling that Jesus saw that people were taking these laws too far. People were not living out these laws the way that God had intended, but rather the way that they benefited the people. In today's scripture, Jesus says, you heard it say, hate your enemy. As if to point out that it doesn't actually say what they think it means, the way they've come to understand it, but it means something different. As people, we are very good at othering people of saying who is in and who is out, who we should like based on certain criteria, and then who we should hate or not like based on not meeting those criteria. So then Jesus continues, I say to love your enemy. For his Jewish audience, Jesus was referring to the occupying Roman forces. And in that, national enemies, as well as the competing religious groups and and personal enemies as well. For all of us, though, Jesus is saying, don't allow someone's religion or any other difference to give you permission to hate, to cause anger in your heart toward that person or to treat them badly. If they are different than you, and that is causing your heart to harden towards them, see that, and then focus on softening your heart towards them. God, your parent, loves them just as much as God loves you. And in my kingdom, Jesus is saying, God's children, this is the way that we treat one another as God's children. This is a lesson for all of us. It's so easy to point our fingers and say, yeah, you over there, you need to love others. You need to stop hating your enemy. You need to love those people who are not like you. But it's much more difficult to turn that finger around and to consider who do I hate? Who is my enemy that Jesus is challenging me to love. Right now, the world is dividing us. There are plenty of lines that we have drawn between people. Wearing masks and whether or, and whether or not you believe in the severity of COVID-19. Black lives matter and blue lives matter or all lives matter. 
Democrats or Republicans, or Trump haters and Trump supporters, progressives and traditionalists in the church, Christian and non-Christian. This list took me less than 10 seconds to come up with. And I'm sure that we can continue to add to these categories and these divisions to continue to name the other. But right now, it's not time to divide us. Right now, it's time to challenge each other. I challenge you to acknowledge the way that you bristled when I said a certain category or, or I said a certain group. The way that your heart is hardened towards that group of people. That is what Jesus is speaking about in today's scripture. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For God makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And if you're listening and you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't feel that way towards anyone. I love everyone equally. Then the only person that you are fooling is yourself. It's part of our humanity to want to categorize people and to feel, feel more than or better than someone. But as Christians and as followers of Jesus's way, we are challenged to do the inward work, to soften our hearts, particularly towards those that we see as the other, and to see people as God does, beloved and worthy, as if there is a little bit of God living within them. In God's kingdom, there are no privileged members. There aren't those who are in and those who are out. Everyone is invited to God's kingdom. Everyone is part of God's family. Everyone is invited to turn and to repent and to follow Jesus into this new world-transforming way of life. This work of repentance, of turning and repenting, is recognizing that we do have this hate within us. This, that our hearts, they are hard. And asking God to come into our hearts to soften them, and to guide us on how we can love one another authentically and wholly as God does. How would the world be different if we did this personal and internal work? Each of us, not just them over there, but you too, me too, I think the world really would be turned upside down if we did this. And God's kingdom really would break through. But it's up to us. Through the guidance and the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to do this. But it is up to us to allow the Spirit to work through us, among us, to transform us so that we might be perfect whole as God is whole. Amen and amen.